Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. I'm Dr. Adam Gobeski. Oh, and I'm just Charlie Wallace. I have well, no honor. I could be a master. Yeah, I could be a mister or a master. Charles Wallace. Hello, doctor. Hello, master. <laughs> Please welcome our three strange bachelor guests. We have Douglas Gobeski. Hello. Anthony Huff. If you, you said anything, you didn't pick right? up. No, I'm just, I'm being silly. I didn't, <laughs> I'm a master in training right now. That's what I was like. <laughs> I really want everyone to know. <laughs> and our special associate, Paul Cranston Wilcox Wilberforce Superpower Third. Thank you. It's it's great to be here. And and thank you for uh calling attention to my associate status because I was going to if you if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I got you. <laughs> and yes, here we are. It is the third installment of our Merry Marvel Movie March Madness for 2021 and the 55th installment of our March overall and we'll be talking about the 2016 film Doctor Strange. Ooh. I thought the same thing. <laughs> Doctor Strange. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Doctor Strange is, of course, the story of one Dr. Dennis Strange, who is first in line for the Strange Mansion. But before he can take full ownership of it, he has to take ownership of a different mansion first. And that mansion is haunted by squirrels. And the squirrels run around and he has to try and get them out with the aid of a talking cat named Dog. And so he and Dog work on getting the squirrels out of the first mansion. And in doing so, they learn a lot about uh, friendship and love and roadkill. So we've got one human character and all the rest are, are they CG? Are they live action squirrels? (laughs) It's a cartoon. What do you want? (laughs) Was the animation motion captured with real squirrels? (laughs) I didn't watch the behind the scenes featurette, so I don't know. (laughs) There's ping pong balls on them everywhere, just rolling around. (laughs) How do you think cartoons are made? (laughs) This is this is what I imagine. Charlie, it's inhumane to to tape those balls to their fur because you you're gonna pull out the fur when you try and remove the the little ping pong balls. Shave them first. That's that's, that's why they that's why they just rotoscoped all the animation. <laughs> oh, roto squirrels. <laughs> Classic. Tony. Yes. What is this movie really about in three sentences or less? Oh, you don't. I. This is not what I do. All right, you got two sentences. Tony, do you think it's what I do? How many times have I had to do it? I know, exactly. I'm just a guest. (laughs) You can't can't just do that. You can't just rely on that. I'm a guest in your home. I would like to just listen to you. Uh, Doctor Strange is about uh, Doctor Stephen Strange who's really self-centered, gets in a really bad car crash and loses his ability to be a doctor and do the things that he loves. So he tries desperately to 
get his life back and sees the ancient one who has powers to help heal him. And he learns that she's an evil person. <laughs> well, she's not really evil, but she has uh, tapped into the dark energy, which apparently one of her older students stole some pages and is now going to try and turn the entire earth into the dark energy thing. And then he casts a spell and then everyone lives. Yeah, that was like 10 sentences. That was just one, like two run-ons. I really sped up the end there. You know, you don't have to explain the whole movie, right? Just like the setup. (laughs) Oh, Oh. and so then there's a part where the guy dies, but then he doesn't. Uh, So then uh, (laughs) he like, but he, but that guy also was bad that he, that uh, Dr. Strange had done the time work before, but since it benefited him, uh, he said, just continue doing what you do. I now approve. I missed that part. That's a very so is he a, he a oh, also now? there was there was a a tank with fish in it and it exploded uh during uh the Hong Kong massacre but he was able to turn back time to the tune of Cher and um <laughs> yeah that was that was great <laughs> that was actually my favorite part was when he did the if i could turn back towel <laughs> and he turned it back and then the but the the aquarium with the fish came back and uh, it was okay i'm keeping all of that adam <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't That's you fine. dare cut a single second all right so a an exhaustive and accurate description of the movie dr strange so uh had you seen this movie before yes i saw it in theaters way way back when when it first came out and not since until today what about you charlie I may have told this story in the podcast before. I you did. I went to see this with Jessica Claire's and was pretty excited actually about going to see it. And I guess I didn't get enough sleep the night before because I fell asleep about. <laughs> it turns out about forty five minutes in, and that would have been embarrassing <laughs> enough. Except that because of the visuals and the fact it kept snapping awake, I I had some pretty like nasty nightmares during the middle of this movie <laughs> in the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> next time oh, i like man. woke up woke up was uh during the credits <laughs> and it was like <laughs> oh i just paid you know 10 or 12 dollars or whatever just to basically have nightmares in public <laughs> 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 and i have not attempted to watch it well actually i have watched a little bit of it since because i kept turning it on to test my 4k television but it wasn't actually 4k I don't think I had anything that was 4K at that point, so you I just tested kept... your 4K television that wasn't 4K. I couldn't find anything that was streaming that was 4K, but then stuff just started showing up like weeks later. So, so wait, well, then why did you buy a 4K television if you had nothing to take advantage of the 4K ness with? Well, it, it he said stuff started showing up weeks later, so clearly all of the providers. We're waiting for Charlie to get a 4K television before they open the 4K spigot. But the part that I kept watching over and over was actually the part at the end where <laughs> Doctor Strange does the time loop. So it was oh, uh, wow, actually ironic. reasonably <laughs> appropriate. Yeah. So I've seen that scene a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Almost infinite times. <laughs> I've seen him die hundreds, hundreds of times. Which was your favorite? Uh... I like where he just gets crushed by like the other planetoid or asteroid or whatever it comes. <laughs> but yeah, here we are. And I was excited to see it again because I had really wanted to initially and was like, uh, 
I know we'll get there. Um, I, like Doug, saw this once in the theater. And yeah, not since then. I, I, uh, I remember liking it. So this is one of the rare occurrences where I've actually seen the movie before uh, we did the podcast. This, I was really excited uh, when this was the next one up on the list. Because um, I think I've seen this, I think this is like my sixth or seventh time watching it. Oh. I really, really enjoy it. And I want to say, I don't know for certain, but I want to say that this was the movie that started to get me to watch more of the MCU. And then I think I watched this, and then I went to Gardens of the Galaxy, and then I was hooked. So Nice. I saw it in theaters. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, there are definitely comments uh, right before the presidential election on this podcast where I note that uh, history went out on a high note because I thought I was being funny. History had other ideas. <clears throat> uh, and so, yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed it uh, to the point where I remember buying the Blu-ray, I think the day it came out, because I remember that there were already people in line in front of Best Buy waiting for the Nintendo Switch that came out like three days later. Oh, wow. You didn't try to kill two birds and get a Switch and the Blu-ray? Uh, uh, no, I don't have a good answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'll cost you more than two birds, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I mean, Paul's got like five Switches now, so I mean... Well, you do you know how many birds I had to do slaughter. things to to get that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I've seen it on Blu-ray a handful of times since then. So, but yeah, Doctor Strange is uh, one of those probably like second tier Marvel characters. He's not like top tier, but he's not like super obscure. He'd been created in the 60s alongside a lot of the other Marvel superheroes. Uh, Stan Lee and Steve did co-creation. Um, interestingly, uh, I don't want to say he's an influence on Psychedelia, but a lot of the Steve Ditko artwork sort of predates psychedelia by a couple years because steve ditko really like drawing that kind of stuff weird looking other realms and things uh so consequently this character was therefore quite popular for a time in the later 60s early 70s and so what that means is there had actually been a number of abortive attempts to bring dr strange to movie screens as early as like 1986 there was a uh, some discussion about like trying to get him into the movies there was a script written a little later uh alex cox the director of repo man apparently was uh interested in doing a doctor strange oh. movie hmm. and then uh a little later charles band who is a uh, producer of things like uh reanimator puppet master movies he optioned doctor strange to make it into a movie and uh they actually got pretty far on that but not quite far enough such that by the time they were ready to enter production the rights had expired at which point as far as i can tell they said basically eh just change the names and we'll film it anyway and so there's a 1992 film called dr mordred starring everyone's favorite character actor jeffrey combs in the titular role uh that actually exists and maybe we'll do it in like the mary marvel movie march appendix down the line i don't know like the only movie i can think of where like they had the rights the rights expired and then they said let's just go forward anyway and still make a movie i didn't know that that's kind of cool 
then yeah, it just kind of bounces around for a while. Uh, Wes Craven is interested at one point. David S. Goyer shows up because he shows up in all of these things. <laughs> it like moves around from like Columbia Pictures to like Dimension Films to Miramax to Paramount. Guillermo del Toro and Neil Gaiman pitch a version of the story at one point. And then uh, eventually, by the late aughts, it started to sort of get some more traction because the Marvel Studios thing was starting to ramp up. So they were starting to look look for more active uh, production of it. And so ultimately, they decided to have it be part of Phase 3. And they got Scott Derrickson to direct. Uh, He's prior to this basically known for a lot of horror stuff. Uh, He did The Exorcism of Emily Rose. He did Sinister. Uh, But he's a big Doctor Strange fan. Then as far as casting goes, initially they really wanted Benedict Cumberbatch, but he had scheduling conflicts and couldn't commit to the schedule. So a whole bunch of other names get bounced around. So there's a universe where Tom Hardy is Doctor Strange. There's a universe where Jared Leto is Doctor Strange. Oh, God. Uh, Apparently Joaquin Phoenix got pretty far in the negotiations before he eventually said that he didn't want to make blockbuster films because he never thought they'd be fulfilling. That's slightly mm-hmm. ironic, given he'll later go on to be Joker. Yeah, lots of names involved. Keanu Reeves mentioned at one point. Ryan Gosling, Ethan Hawke. But apparently they kind of kept circling back to Cumberbatch every time. And ultimately, they came to an agreement where they would actually shift the shooting schedule and push their release back from July 2016 release back to November so that they could get Benedict Cumberbatch in to be Doctor Strange. That's 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 I did not know the timeline of Doctor Strange like that yeah. in terms of like how it it came to be. I think they really have a slam dunk though on the like the final Doctor Strange and he has qualities that kind of remind me of uh, Robert Downey Jr you know, as Iron Man. And I wonder if that's kind of why they, they went with him ultimately. It's possible. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch I, for Doctor Strange, I think is one of those so obvious castings that I think a lot of people just like on the internet sort of rebelled against it because it was like, well, of course it would be him. Seriously. There was a rebellion. Well, I, I don't know how much of a real rebellion, just like grumbling of just like, oh, you can't think of anything more imaginative than Benedict Cumberbatch. And it's like, well, he's obviously the best yeah. <laughs> suited. Yeah. Because <laughs> at this point, right, like he's still, he's riding high from things like Sherlock and stuff yeah. like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think, I think his ability to be funny, but also be dramatic and like kind of make things extremely serious. Like his range is just so good. And yeah. I, 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 really, I really enjoyed uh, uh, him and kind of watching him grow the character throughout the film. Yeah, I liked his comedic parts, too. I kind of brought yes. a little bit of levity that was necessary with his character because he's such, I mean, he's supposed to be an asshole, right? It's like yeah, adding that stuff really, in really, really helped. goes strong on that in the beginning. Just. Yeah, almost too strong in the beginning, right? <laughs> yeah, like I was, I was kind of like, I don't know how they're going to redeem redeem him tragedy plus time i guess (laughs) (laughs) well yeah yeah because of the the tragedy of his hands well that'll learn him to uh use his phone while driving he he was texting and driving that's why there was the message at the end of the movie don't text and drive i know you yelled at us about it (laughs) i was driving during that part of the credits yeah (laughs) oh and your tesla yeah i missed it (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, was that a Tesla? I was too busy looking at the road. No, I'm just thinking of uh, <laughs> cars where people tend to watch movies rather than drive them. Yeah. Stereotypically, at least. It's the giant yeah. screen in it. So, I realized this time why Adam likes this movie so much. And I think Tony also said much the same thing that he realized why Adam likes this movie so much. And so I'm a little curious to see if we came to the same conclusion here, but uh, it's because it's the Marvel green lantern. You know, he's, he's got a special ring. He's got green colored superpower stuff. He's a arrogant hotshot. There's a whole bunch of other people who have the same powers as him on the same side as him. He has to save the world from some kind of uh, potentially world ending monster. That's not why I interesting thought Adam, theory. Let's yeah. see what Tony thinks. I said like, that's not why I thought Adam Adam liked it. Um, I Wait. thought Adam liked the movie because Doctor Strange has the same facial hair as uh, he does. <laughs> 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 when they have the scene where he is kind of transforming into Doctor Strange and 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 comes out with the goatee, I was like, oh, that's why Adam likes this. Yeah, movie. it gives him a good Halloween costume yeah i was like oh adam thinks he's dr strange that's the only reason he got his doctorate (laughs) (laughs) closer (laughs) because it's a good movie (laughs) all right also close but charlie charlie there's shields in this no 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 he's he's asking why i liked it oh oh okay i'm sorry well i i was uh I was kind of thrown off the trail there because Charlie said it's a good movie. So I, I'm sorry. I've not, I haven't heard him say that in, in quite a long time. Let's <laughs> get it at least a seven. Well, you're all partially correct, but uh, the real answer is that I just love whitewashing. That would have been uh, tough to just, you know, jump out there and say about <laughs> exactly. you. I guess. A plus for transition, Adam, but uh, I don't know. That's not true, though. <laughs> I thought you guys were going to say it's because he's really good at trivia. Oh, oh that's true. He is. He knows his music. But yeah, it's because it's a good movie. And uh, I enjoy the general structure of the movie. I guess we'll boil Doug's statement down to that. And uh, I do secretly think I am him and practice my hand motions in the mirror. (laughs) That's not entirely a lie. (laughs) Right. Well, so when I watched this movie, I was also in the throes of my magic rabbit hole that i go down you know (laughs) and so i saw this and i was like oh magic awesome i'm gonna i'm gonna do i'm gonna be like dr strange if i were a little kid i would have gone all in i I really believe it i would have been him for halloween i would have tried to throw my friends off cliffs and bring them back (laughs) (laughs) all those michigan cliffs (laughs) (laughs) i go to grand ledge it's okay drive them deep into the woods in the winter and kick them out of the car and drive off Yep, exactly (laughs) we'd go into the woods at dark they'd be like i'm kind of scared i'm like you're scared i gotta leave the woods alone (laughs) (laughs) so do you want to try and use Uh, my bad transition (laughs) So one of the things that, for the most part, I think this movie does really well is casting. Benedict Cumberbatch was great casting. We've got Benedict Wong in here, who does a great job. We've got 
who apparently asked to be in the movie when he heard it was happening. Oh, really? <laughs> he was friends with uh, Chewadol Edgia 4. Oh, yeah. And he's in this. Just his presence, I think, as an actor, you kind of get what character he is immediately. They don't have to do a lot of like heavy lifting to let you know who he is or how he's going to function. Actually, um, <laughs> speaking of that, and then uh, lending credence to Doug's Green Lantern theory, uh, I did enjoy how it starts out with Mordo as like Strange's ally, and then by the end it like shifts and he becomes the villainous character like he normally is in the comics, and that does happen in Green Lantern as well <laughs> with uh, Sinestro. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. Did did I just get some support for one of my Crazy theories? No, never. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, you were talking about casting, and Mads Mikkelsen I was coming next. Yay, Le Chiffre. Yeah, I like him in pretty much everything I've seen him in, and this isn't. There's no exception. Have you seen another round yet? I did see another round. I I thought that was great. So you recommend it? I do recommend it. Okay, I'll probably check that out then. Thank you. He's also in Death Stranding. <laughs> oh, is he? Yeah, he's. He's the guy that you see when you plug into the baby, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very far into that game, but Yep. That's but yep, that's not a spoiler. That's right at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the first couple hours. That's actually kind of the only thing I know him from, but that gives me probably a lot of hours at staring at Mads Mickelson's face. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I gotta say, his he... CG likeness. Photorealistic CG likeness. I gotta say, he really went for it with the makeup on in this movie. Yeah, uh, it's it's bold, it's fierce. I love it. It was, it was, it was great. But I, I guess we gotta talk about Tilda Swinton. I mean, this was a big deal at the time, even before the movie came out. That yeah, I guess Adam and Doug can talk more to what who the Ancient One was in various incarnations in the comics. But I think in all those iterations, it was supposed to be an Asian man, and here we have a. A white lady cast. Yeah. My understanding is in the comics, the ancient one is basically a Tibetan mystic. And so given how big of a market there is for movies in China, there's no way they could show this movie in China if they had the if they kept the ancient one as being Tibetan. So that's why they changed it to ancient Celtic woman. Yeah. So it, I mean it's it is whitewashing but it's not whitewashing for the purpose of racism it's whitewashing for the purpose of not pissing off the chinese yeah i think that character just kind of puts them in an impossible position because in the comics the ancient one's not just a tibetan mystic but a pretty stereotypical version of the wise ancient eastern guru sort of character and so i don't think you could get away with that he is also from tibet and so as doug pointed out um you potentially run into a problem if you make him explicitly tibetan uh because you're going to piss off the chinese market potentially equally i think if you make him chinese then you're going to piss people off for an entirely different reason uh not only are you conflating tibetans with chinese but you're also potentially leaving yourself open to claims of stereotyping because of the nature of the character of just like oh ancient powerful oriental figure i don't know that there's a way out of that problem and i think 
making the ancient one a woman and explicitly noting that she's celtic that she's not asian in descent feels like in many ways it might just be like the best of the bad options right. i it was a heavily calculated I, decision yeah i would like to make a suggestion yes should have gone with somewhere uh you know like ancient babylonia you know somewhere cradle of civilization you know just really lean into the ancient aspect yeah, and if you choose a civilization that doesn't exist anymore, then who's to get mad at you? But then you get people mad because you're taking characters away from their natural environment and shifting it to Babylonia or whatever, right? Like, I just don't know that there's a good way out of it. I think Wait. no matter what you do, you're going to upset someone. Yeah, they're trying to hedge their bets a little too by well, having the training facility be so like multinational and multi-ethnic. It's like, there's people from all over the world here, so she's just one of the people yeah. who's here. Yeah. I was going to say, because the casting doesn't seem, it seems pretty diverse. I mean, yeah, it doesn't seem and like it's completely just white or male dominated. It might be worth noting that, okay, so Tilda Swinton's character is whitewashing, but Baron Mordo in the comics is white. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's like it redresses the balance, but... You know, it goes a little way towards that. Right. Oh, sure. Make the bad guy black. I mean, I think you kind of got right to the point there, Adam, which is that I didn't really have any good solutions here and probably just went with the one that uh, they thought would get them the least backlash. Right. And honestly, I think, you know, trying to set aside all that, I think Tilda Swinton does a good job in the movie. Oh, yeah. Playing. Oh, yeah. Like this sort of ageless and you know mystical super smart teacher it's interesting that during the movie you kind of have different feelings toward her character you know like at one point you feel like you're totally on her side and then you realize like this character is doing some things that is like explicitly against like ru- like rules that they've set because they don't want people to go down the same path it's 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 a very interesting character yeah, very much like a, I know better than you, so I can do this. Right. And because because of like some of the decisions that she's made and like who she's mentored, like it's actually created these these big conflicts and like created a villain and created two villains actually. I, on the one hand that's true, on the other hand, by the end of her time in the movie, so before she dies, like my feeling was like Okay, yes. So she says that she knows better than others, but it seems like she actually does know better. It's not arrogance on her behalf, or at least it doesn't come across that way to me. But to me, what's very interesting is that the only character that actually understands that is Doctor Strange, right? Yeah. The three major people that she's mentored, two of those characters have gone on to just be (laughs) villains. Well, clearly it's because they weren't the white savior. I was trying to get away from the whole <laughs> white thing. I was just trying to spark some conversation. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, am I off base? I don't know. I mean, I just. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just thinking about Doug's comment. And just, I think the thing that strikes me as off base about that is this doesn't really play as a white savior narrative. It's not like he's explicitly comes in to save the Nepalese from themselves or something. Right. Right. And like Charlie said, like they go to an effort to make Kamartaj seem pretty diverse. And so, you know, you get you don't get the sense that here's this white guy among all the 
you know, it almost seems too like, oh, well, this, you know, hideout or base is in Kathmandu, but just that just so happens to be there, right? We've got this other place in New York. We've got this other place in London. We've got a place in Hong Kong. Yeah. I was really disappointed that when they cut to Kathmandu for the first time that Bob Seger didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> I, they you know, did mention it later, though. They did? They oh. did, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. I, I, I actually <laughs> actually do have a question, because since we're, we're talking about like like whitewashing and race and, and different things and how complex that is within the, the, um, the movie... When Doctor Strange first gets there and starts talking to the one person that he like is is a male and Asian and like believe that that's the ancient one starts talking to him and then you know the ancient one is a woman and white is that kind of kind of a weird you know back and forth I guess you know like what were they trying to accomplish in that scene I... Well it's so, well I mean the guy sitting down is clearly the way he's sitting down in the chair and stuff and you you just kind of assume that he's probably the master and the person serving the tea is you know probably just an acolyte and so it turns out that no gonna turn that preconception on its head to show you that yeah just like you were just told everything you know is wrong oh okay so so it's it's, backing i think it's that narrative as simple as that okay yeah and i and i like that i yeah, I thought that worked well. Yeah. yeah, I think the movie does deliberately lead you to make the same assumptions that he's making. Assuming, you know, you hadn't seen any of the promotional material outside. Like if you just came to this movie cold. All right, I'm going to say this. I don't say it often, but this this movie was the right length. It had really good pacing. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. So, you, so you're specifically talking about pacing rather than necessarily. Yes, then like a an arbitrary... Uh, <laughs> a certain number of minutes i want to see yes yeah i i agree because there wasn't a time where i thought oh okay this is the end of the movie and then another conflict kind of like arises you know like it did feel like there was good flow throughout like like once we got to the end of the movie you knew we were there and like once we got to the end of the movie i actually wanted more which I liked that feeling. It does not stay as welcome. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that that sentiment. You're not just like, well, how are they going to defeat Apocalypse? They've tried everything. They've tried everything. They've got 20 minutes. <laughs> 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 I actually really hate that when I'm watching a movie and I look at the time and I'm like, okay, there's like 10 minutes left and it feels there's... like we're an hour away from the resolution. We are, yeah. We are really setting ourselves up for just some deus ex machina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with you that I, I feel like it, it was just the, the proper time. And, and it, I mean, I, I understand why you fell asleep and uh, asleep the first time you saw this <laughs> because the, the beginning is a little slow, but once you get kind of into it and you start to like the characters a little bit more, the second half is, is a pretty quick watch. Oh, and to clarify, I fell asleep because of exhaustion. Nope. Cause you know, you things. hated the movie. Oh, okay, I get yeah. it. Nope. You hated it the first time <laughs> you saw shields and you said, I'm out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm shutting down, going unconscious, <laughs> going unconscious, going to have some nightmares in front of everybody. I'd, I'd rather have horrific night terrors, <laughs> day terrors, waking day terrors and watch another shield. 
The first 45 minutes is your origin story or whatever, and I thought that was really good. But then after that, it's like one solid sequence. There's no like, oh, we went to sleep and coming back the next day. Or I noticed like one of the things that's kind of drags about like X-Men Apocalypse is like, oh, we're in this location in this part of the world. Now let's fly somewhere else. And that's certainly, I mean, there's a lot of transitions here, but at least it's built into the story that they can instantly travel between places so it's not like let's show how they got from one place to another it's like no they just magic there actually kind of like that uh, things moved along a lot more quickly you're gonna love aquaman <laughs> in case you haven't seen it it's I a have movie not. where they they just they just jump from one location to the next with no transition whatsoever <laughs> stranded in the middle of the desert now we're in uh italy but even the the parts where they're the surgery scenes it's like oh let's just warp to the hospital get this fixed now let's warp somewhere else i was gonna say i do like that fight scene in the hospital uh where (laughs) it feels kind of like ant-man in a sense where they're like fighting and like running into things and then it does a jump cut to like rachel mcadams she's like working on them and just like the light kind of moves just a little bit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like I, I do like, like, like those type of, of scenes where it adds a little bit of humor, but also is progressing some, some conflict and, uh, and storytelling. Also the chips out of the vending machine. That was like oh. my favorite part oh, of the yeah. movie. And then the doctor <laughs> runs back to like grab them all. And I, I, I like seeing a frugal doctor. I, I really do. <laughs> 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 I like seeing a hungry doctor. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what you took. See, I he has eaten all day. I was gonna say, I I thought he was just cheap. You thought he was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel McAdams is an accessory to murder here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like unwittingly. Yeah. I did like. Kind of messed up. I did like how much they had. They showed that like effect. Strange. Whereas in like some of the other movies, like an Iron Man, right, where like Tony Stark just kills a bunch of people, and he's like, "Yep, did it, moving on." But I liked that in this, like, he has like a serious like crisis of conscience almost about that. But does he? Because when he says that, Tilda Swinton comes back at him and is like, "No, you're lying to me. Like, you just care. Like, you just don't want to fail, right? It wasn't that you." cared particularly that this person died is that i don't remember that being how it goes there was at the there was a point yeah where he's like it's like i took an oath do no harm but i think that's there adam i do think that like he has some regret about it but yeah it's like so i'm just looking at the transcript real quick so just looking at the words like i get the impression that the ancient one's almost changing the subject hmm because he says he swore an oath to do no harm. He became a doctor to save lives, not take them. And then she shifts it by saying, you became a doctor to save your own life, not others. Which feels like, okay, that's true, but that doesn't somehow invalidate my oath. <laughs> well, it doesn't. It's, yeah, like. Two things like, can be and true. It doesn't mean that killing people directly, like be, being in very directly responsible for their deaths, like doesn't shake him up but it is like 
you know. Well, he gets over it real quick at the end of the movie when he sends three people into the to the <laughs> to the void, and he's like, "You're not gonna like what you're about to see," you know. Like, there's not a lot of remorse. He's, he's <laughs> well, but, that's, but that's a little different because that's what they wanted explicitly, and then we're trying to get everyone else on to do as well. Oh, so he just gave them what they wanted. Yeah, gave them what they wanted. Yeah, I'm not sure that the Hippocratic Oath covers damning people to a different dimension yeah, he's explicitly not killing them right that's the whole thing about dormammu's dimension right is there's no time everyone lives forever yeah. he just does worse than kill them yeah it seems worse <laughs> yeah. here's the thing is i agree with adam i'm just <laughs> i just want to come i mostly agree but i do think that like him being like i swore an oath or whatever it's like Really, man? Like, you're going <laughs> to bust that out now? Right. Like, you've had, you know, your whole life to, you know, actually live that, you know. Wait, what? I, I think they're... I, no, hold on. I don't no, understand what? the point you're making. They paint him as such, like, an a-hole who will only help people who he knows he can save yeah. at the beginning of the movie, that for him to kind of, like, lean back on the, like, do-no-harm thing when there's patients who he just kind of like coldly was like well that i can't do anything for that person you know i don't want to break my perfect record or whatever i mean to be fair the the pangborn guy was beyond (laughs) he was totally beyond being helped by medicine yeah but i mean i what paul's saying is like when he's in the car like right before the accident he's going through patients and he's like just legitimately saying not gonna help this person they're too old they're this they're that like they really intentionally be like you are probably aren't going to like this guy but then there's really not that much in between then and that moment where I'm like oh he's a he, I, he's won me over right see yeah. see I don't have an issue with that because it's not like they show him spending all of his off hours on the golf course you know it's it's not like he's uh you know just saying well you know I've made enough money this month that's why I won't help you it's looking to just help someone else instead yeah, like I don't really have the an cases, issue with that. Well, a number of the cases that he gets offered to are like cases where he's like, anyone could do this. You don't need me to do this. It's not like he's saying like, ha, I have the power of life and death over you and I choose death. <laughs> I don't know. The the scene the yeah. scene in the car seems very self serving. The whole thing, the reckless well, driving. No, it absolutely, the, the it whole... absolutely is self serving. I completely agree with that. Yeah. I just don't think it's violating the Hippocratic oath. I'm I'm not saying that he's violate. It just seems like a bit like he's he's all like you know righteous about it once he kills an basically an enemy combatant. No, I. I I agree with you, Paul. That's kind of how like, I there's felt. There's just too. not enough in between that happens that makes me like, oh, he's all redeemed and changed now. And I also believed he was always, you know, looking out for the best. It doesn't mean that he was a bad doctor or ever violating medical ethics or anything like that. It's just he was, you know, kind of a selfish jerk. And you know. so because he was selfish, he should not feel remorse for killing someone. I'm not saying he doesn't feel remorse. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I agree. I'm on Adam's side here for once. Oh, shoot. I'm on the wrong side. <laughs> Dang it. I think it's a fair turn in the conversation when Tilda Swinton says that. For Yeah, exactly what Paul's saying. We know that he picks and choose, chooses who he helps to improve his standing. And it doesn't mean that he's not a good doctor and doesn't do great things for people. But it's like he's pulling out the Hippocratic Oath as sort of a 
well, a shield for himself <laughs> in that moment. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, don't get self-righteous it. with me now because I know that there are times where you could have done more for people and chose not to. Yeah, exactly. She's wow, not validating is... his feelings. Oh, and, and... and I didn't think that either. It's just like, and she's not saying like, okay, just get over it. You know, it's. But you're also right, Adam, that it's like, yeah, she is changing the subject, too. It's not like he's a horrible person who loves murder <laughs> and this is lying. But it's like it just it's it's like, OK, and this is it has to change somehow because this isn't a movie about remorse over enemies deaths. Yeah. I guess I guess uh, I'm on Adam's side now. Uh, <laughs> like. It is nice to see that he has he does at least address it, whereas Iron Man and all the others just kill, and it's like, well, that happened. <laughs> yeah, I guess what do you wish would have happened instead? I think it's a yeah. great scene. I just think that when he says that, it's like the scene itself is starting to see his character changing and you getting to like him. Okay. It doesn't mean that he's like, it's like, oh, well, he was already a great person, and I always thought he was, I, I wish he would have brought up the Hippocratic Oath earlier, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, if <laughs> like I knew he took the oath, jeez. development of him is what <laughs> I mean. A, like, yeah, Paul, he's a stand-up guy in a sit-down community, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Hmm. Now I am now I know why I don't take strong positions on stuff, because it's exhausting to back up. <laughs> <laughs> it can be. You guys are <laughs> So you've got, you've got that. You've got the end of the movie where clearly he does something that could potentially have put him in torture for eternity, I guess. So he's doing something unselfish there, but I, it gets to one of the, what? well, I mean, like you want to turn, you know, insane transition. <laughs> well, we were talking he about puts, him being selfless. He puts them in torture yeah. forever. That's very, no, 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 himself, no, no, himself. No, himself. Means the time himself. loop. Yeah, yeah like he might have got stuck in the. So, like, I'm saying, oh, well, that's a turn oh, in his character. Okay. It's like he's, he's potentially making. Well, I mean, he gets murdered a bunch of times. I thought we were, told, I thought we were talking about the zealots still. But oh, yeah. no. one of the things that does bother me about the movie is I like Rachel McAdams a lot. I think she's really funny, but she feels so much like the reason that this character is here is to give Doctor Strange a likable quality. It's like, well, if she likes him then he must be likable, right? And then she's just used for the rest of the movie. It's like, oh, he just takes advantage of her. He's like, oh, here, save me. I'm coming to the hospital. Do surgery on me. Oh, here's somebody else. You should save her, too. So you're saying he shouldn't rely on people that he trusts to help him. I wish the movie had done more with her. I think she's very talented. Instead of just being this person who is the love interest to show you that Doctor Strange must not be bad because she cares about him. That's the sense I got of her character. I'm just picturing the version where he uh, instead shows up to the ER and is like, help, I've been stabbed. (laughs) They're like, take a number. (laughs) Did you notice how much blood he was putting on the walls when he was trying to find her. Like, I was like, I was like, they're going to have to clean so much. <laughs> They'll just make him do it. It's his own blood. He doesn't have to get out the uh, kit. Well, I, oh yeah. He can just clean it up without, oh, without doing the paperwork. <laughs> but I think that whole love interest thing, and I didn't really buy into that so much. See, I bought into it. Okay. What'd you like yeah, about I mean, it? I mean, it was fine to me. Well, it provides a connection back to the non-mystical world. Right. Yeah. She calls him out on joining a cult. 
That's true. But I uh, just and, that's a trope that's like all over movies. It's like, oh, here's just this long suffering love interest to show you and, that this character you know, maybe it could have used a little more twenty a, twenty more minutes of development on that. Uh, <laughs> I mean Okay, you got my number, Paul. You're right. <laughs> Savage. And the thing is, I, I don't disagree though. Like, it, it, yeah, maybe, yeah. And Charlie, how else are we going to get the motif of time established throughout the movie without the, the watch <laughs> that has the engraving? I love you for all time, 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 time. <laughs> Honestly, I don't disagree. I'm just, you're not allowed to attack movies that I like in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> but at least I'm being honest about it. Oh, bull! <laughs> <laughs> so I swore oath to always be honest on this podcast. <laughs> so you're not disagreeing; you're just being disagreeable. Yeah, I, 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 I think my disagreement is one of degree rather than character. Ah, yeah, I could have done as it. in as in a yes, it could have been nicer to have more for it, but I don't know how that it really bothers me. I see. Like, yeah, okay, on the one hand, it is a trope. On the other hand, in many ways, tropes give you shortcuts so that you don't have to add your 20 extra minutes. You're right. But look, she's going to be in the sequel. Maybe you'll get your character development there. I hope so. She'll get pregnant. (laughs) Maybe she'll get fridged. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, We haven't talked all about the action sequences, of which there are a lot, and effects, yes. Was this right after Inception? Uh, it's about six years later. Inception's 2010, six I think. Six years Two, later? 2009. Oh. For me, it just felt... Uh, there was, like, a lot of Inception-type things, like, when they were, like, moving the world and, like, moving matter and contorting it. Like, it just... That, to me, just felt like... I was like, oh, I've I've seen this movie before. Yeah. 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 I agree with that, but I this feels like a, a step beyond that because it feels like, in a lot of ways, in Inception, like, you're consciously meant to, like ooh and awe over those effects and this like like you kind of are to a degree too but a lot of it just happens so fast with like the sort of the mosaic patterning shifting stuff yeah kaleidoscopic thank you yeah that's the way to explain yeah. well and i think they actually do a really good job of kind of getting away from the ooh and ah when the first scene is pretty much all of that you see the mirror dimension you see i mean you you kind of see the tapestry that is going to happen you know throughout the the film so i get yeah i guess i i can see what what you're saying you know they that they get away from inception after the beginning but the beginning at first i was like that was the first thought i thought was like was this like right after it came out but if it was six years later then okay yeah it just feels like the sort of the next step in that kind of effects which don't seem like the kind of effects you're going to be using much in movies not a lot of <laughs> scripts call for right that, we got know. to see the particles again though in the crash scene that was cool and just all the magic stuff with like the little orange, like sparky particles. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was nice to see that that technology uh, carried over in the, the march. Love a good particle effect. Hmm. Oh, I, I, I need it in every single film from here on out. <laughs> like I need it. <laughs> They're very striking effects. Yeah. And it's been a long time since I've seen Inception, but were they interacting a lot with the changing environments in that? Here, it's like, Sort of integral to what's going on. There is the spinning corridor. Right? The yeah, spinning, there's a spinning yeah, corridor, like, but that was practical, even, wasn't it? 
Yeah, that was yeah, uh, primarily. Yeah, they just they just made a corridor and spun it. Yeah, right. So just yeah, the mapping out of uh, the action sequences was pretty pretty. Yeah, cool. and I liked how the the kaleidoscopic shifting stuff affected the fight scenes. Like, yeah, he takes a swing at a guy, but he's already been pulled all the way back because of what's happening. And yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, I thought they just did a really nice job. And then what do we think of uh, Dormammu's dark dimension? Speaking of effects and visuals, I like that is... Dormammu is Benedict Cumberbatch, so he's fighting himself. Apparently that was Benedict Cumberbatch's idea. Really? He apparently went out to Scott Derrickson and was like, you know, I should be Dormammu to like show like <laughs> to show like the opposite of strange. Like we're we're polar opposites. And Derrickson was like, Yeah, let's do it. That sounds good. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Well, because they, they treat his voice. I think there's another voice laid over it to make yeah, like a deeper is. voice. There is. I was a little disappointed in that dimension just because I don't know. I thought everything else looked, I mean, obviously not realistic, but grounded in realism uh, to some extent. And this is just like so, a whole CG. So like the, everything is the CG. Key, this key piece you're missing here is that this roughly, so it's a lot darker here because it's the dark dimension, but this is how Steve Ditko drew this stuff. Oh. Lots of circles connected to tubes, connected to other circles, branching off like weird organic atoms compoundy sort of things that's how steve ditko drew those things i see and so that's why it looks that way it honestly reminded me of like some like ant-man type like like quantum realities that we've seen in the past you're not the only one to notice that obviously not confirmed yet because those movies aren't out but i've heard rumors that that might end up being explored in future marvel oh really okay yeah that's, inter- that's interesting. That's the rumor, so, at least. So for me, it wasn't until we got to the dark dimension that it real, like visually, really felt like a Doctor Strange comic. Like yeah. the kaleidoscopic stuff is cool, but it doesn't quite have the same vibe. Yeah, and that makes sense because I would, I would have no idea about any of that. So I've just got the previous hour and fifty minutes, and then suddenly this looks very different. So are we first introduced to this like psychedelic when Doctor Strange first gets to Camertage and then like goes through this like weird journey and like I feel like I'm in a Tim and Eric like commercial <laughs> with all the, <laughs> the all the finger hands and all the oh. finger hands <laughs> yeah like that I was like man this just feels like bizarre humor <laughs> yeah. like so is that like a direct nod then to the comics I don't know so much if the finger hands directly are. <laughs> they, to be perfectly okay. honest, they could be, and just in something I haven't read, because I haven't read all of Doctor Strange. Uh, but a lot of that imagery, yeah, is a lot of it gives you that kind of Ditko-esque feel, married with the mirror stuff, the kaleidoscopic stuff we'd already seen up to that point. In yeah. the very opening scene, I will say, as a person who doesn't uh, like like read the comics or or really even like know about them before the that that psychedelic like where he like goes through this like journey that kind of did take me out of the film a little bit but it wasn't a it wasn't necessarily a bad thing it just like i was like what's going what's going on you weren't ready for it 
I, yeah, I, I definitely wasn't ready for it. So, um, but that's kind of why I actually like doing the podcast, though, is because I, I have a better appreciation for it. Because now that I know that it was part of the comics, I can I can understand it. The dark I, I, dimension. I always think about things like that. Like, I guess it's not, I'm always like, okay, so the so Dormammu is like a really powerful being who wants to kind of merge things all together into like one consciousness so, or something is that... so so in the comics he's the ruler of the dark dimension and he wants to be the ruler of everything okay so i think in this it's kind of similar but although maybe not as explicit and why is it he wants earth because they said because at one point wong says like earth is like what he wants the most uh yeah i don't know that they ever say that my Guess might be because the ancient one's tapping his power. Oh, okay. And he's like, "F that noise." Yeah, he's like, "These are the only only beings who can even like annoy me." Is Earth? <laughs> so, are there any scenes that people like that we haven't talked about yet? I really enjoyed when uh, he returns through the portal in the mop closet room. Yeah, the the mop falls over and like knocks a bucket, and Rachel McAdams freaks out. That was a really nice touch. According to IMDb, for what it's worth, it was just uh, just something that happened on set, and that's how she reacted. Wait, <laughs> it wasn't, that wasn't even on purpose. No. Nice. How how dare you ruin the movie magic for me there with your IMDb trivia, the sole arbiter of reality. Well, Sometimes it's just, it's just about yeah, having the camera on, Doug. That's how you make movies. The uh, I loved how. When they go to Hong Kong to protect the sanctuary, when they get there, it's already destroyed. And then they do everything backwards. Like if yeah, they I'm yeah. glad that they realized that we, they did not have to show us everything forwards, that it was fun enough just to watch it backwards. Yeah, it's like we yeah. avoid kind of like, OK, here's going to be another like city destruction scene or, you know. And one of the things that I, I don't like necessarily is time travel movies and things like that and it didn't necessarily feel like that you know like i don't know like i I thought it was a really good way of like oh wow it's already destroyed and he's like hold on i have this power you know and it but it didn't feel like the traditional like time travel like get into the time machine and let's go and 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 we're gonna do it now he was just like i got this (laughs) and that's that's the actual official noise of of the the doctor strange time travel <laughs> don't cut that adam i won't i like that all right cool <laughs> charlie will be cutting it that's right <laughs> <laughs> what i really enjoyed was how they were able to pepper in some pop culture so when they talked about the wi-fi like we're not we're not savages here or like he's like you know who Beyonce is, right? And then they cut later to Wong, like listening to Beyonce. Like I don't know why, but I just really enjoyed those type of scenes where, it, like, it kind of brought it back, in, like, back to like, oh, they're they're in our timeline. They know what's up. I, I enjoyed that. Well, yeah, I mean, Beyonce exists in all timelines. I hope so. <laughs> no, I didn't know. She, and she's and, a universal constant, mu- multiversal constant. I enjoy that now. <laughs> I think we've already pretty much covered. It. I just I love the first like basically the first fight scene with Mads because I, I, that's all I can think about is Mads <laughs> and just like you know in the 
the mansion okay. and when he first gets like you know the the cape or whatever was pretty great and had some oh, good yeah. kind of comedic moments and quickly became the uh you know the this movie is equivalent of you know the disney princess animal sidekick <laughs> i like when mad starts calling him uh mr doctor <laughs> yeah wow, that line is, i cracked up at that because it's like, like yeah well, and he director, says like, he says mr, mr. and he, oh he says doctor mr doctor and then strange says strange and he says yes it is yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's it's a, it's yeah, a real, that was yeah, it's a real who's on first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was one of my favorite jokes in the whole book. That was fantastic. I also really like how Mads plays it, because we're on a first name basis, I guess. <laughs> of uh, course. How he plays it so straight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we talked about it a little bit, but I really do like the door mom and wife come to bargain sequence. Yeah. That whole thing, not just the way it looks, but I like how it feels like, like the res resolution of this movie compared to oh maybe any other of the marvel movies but i like how that sequence relies not on doctor strange punching someone harder but purely on his like intelligence and like how he works out that bringing a time loop to a place that doesn't have time is going to really uh, upset Dormammu and cause him to be willing to bargain and stuff like that. Like, I think that whole idea is like really well done. And I really appreciate how, although there is punching in the Hong Kong sequence and stuff, uh, that's not the, the crux, the linchpin of the, yeah. of the final battle. I really like that. The only thing that like gets me every time though, is like how honest these villains are. Like he's like, don't ever come back. He's like, all right, you you got me. I I'll agree to your terms, and then just forever and always, it's just peace. Well, we don't necessarily know if that's going to be the case, right? But well, he leaves right away, maybe, right? Well, he's just buying. Well, he doesn't want him to come right back and do it again. <laughs> 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 Got to give him a little time. I oh wait, he doesn't know what time is though. Yeah, Adam. how does he? Uh, it's tough to conceptualize how a being experiences things without time. And then the but they did the best job they could at showing that. It worked. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> it shows character development for Doctor Strange, too, because he's willing to fail. Like, he doesn't want to pick something oh. easy that he can succeed at or something he knows he can, can succeed at. He just fails over and over and over and over to actually accomplish something. And there's a... There's a little Captain America in him right there where he's like, I can do this all day. Right. Like, <laughs> he's like, I do this for eternity. Like he one ups Captain America. <laughs> Captain America will only do it for a day. Captain or Doctor <laughs> Strange will do it for eternity. <laughs> and then the other little moment I liked is when Doctor Strange is trying to get Wong to laugh. And he makes the comment of like it was something like, you know, people used to think I was funny. And yeah. Juan says, did they work for you? And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I lost it there. That was so good. That was good, yeah. I, I forgot about that. That was really good. Then And then, and then he, you know, then they call back to that at the end, which was pretty great. Yeah. It was like, oh, that, that's the thing that made him laugh. <laughs> yeah. Gotta read the whole book. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
funny because it's true. <laughs> so ultimately, what'd you think of Doctor Strange? Would you defend it from zealots who were trying to destroy the sanctuary that it represents? Or would you just let them blow it up? I guess I'm asking, how many magic relics out of the ten total that exist in the world would you give this movie? I really like this movie. I liked it at the time. I still like it. I think Benedict Cumberbatch is just excellent casting as Doctor Strange. And this time around, I didn't even mind his American accent that much. It did bother me the first time I saw the movie, but I think that's because I was so used to his normal British accent from like Sherlock and things. I really like the dynamic between him and Chiwetel Ejiofor as Mordo. I think that's played out really well, and I like how they illustrate two sides of like, like the ancient one says, like Doctor Strange's flexibility and Mordo's rigidness, but strength because of it. Oh, and uh, I, you know, despite the whitewashing minefield i do think tilda swinton does a good job as the ancient one in the movie i'm just going to start listing everyone i like at this point like benedict wallen's great mad mickelson's is great scott adkins is in it we didn't even talk about scott adkins but he's in it too kicking ass i know some people at the time sort of criticized it because they were like well it's just the same story as iron man he's a jerk and then he learns to be better and like i guess that's true Although it feels like that's true for lots of movies. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know if that's necessarily a criticism of this one. Like, you know, yeah. there's a conflict and a resolution. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yes, that is true for Iron Man and Han Solo's character in Star Wars, you know, or whatever. I think it is paced very well. It doesn't feel breakneck but it doesn't feel slow. It feels like a fairly deliberate pace of like, we're starting out here and we're going to work our way forward. And I never really got to the point where I was like, Oh man, is this still going? And I like that they introduced the magic stuff. Um, Cause that's not really something we've seen yet in the MCU movies other than a little bit Scarlet, Witch. but that's honestly so nebulous. It's hard to really know what's even happening there in some regards. So to make it like explicit, like there's another world. Like I like that. And like I was saying before, I really like how the resolution feels like it's the result of Doctor Strange being smart. It, it's an intelligent thing. It's clever. It's not about, can I hit Dormammu really hard and make him go away? Yeah, I'd probably be Doctor Strange for Halloween if that was a thing I did anymore. Yeah, why not? He's great. All that said, it's not perfect. Yeah, it does sometimes feel like Rachel McAdams character gets a bit sidelined the whitewashing is a minefield i think they did the best they could but it is still i don't know that you could do better but it is still there so i'm really leaning between two numbers here i'm just kind of looking at my prior ratings and i think for me i'm going to give this nine and a half mystical magical relics out of ten so the half is like uh that that cage that caecilius was trapped in because it didn't work he got out wow I didn't so, realize you liked it that much, Adam. Yeah, well, I'm just kind of looking at my other ratings. Like, I have, have Big Hero 6 at 9 and Kingsman at 9, and I like this more than those a little bit. So, okay. I mean, that's going to put it on the same level for me as, like, Iron Man and 
you know, I might like Iron Man a little better, but I don't know that I like it statistically significantly better. So I'm just going to go with 9.5 Mystical Relics out of 10. And I assume I will put you all down for the rest and we can move on next time on the Merry Marvel Movie March. Is, uh... <laughs> I really like this film, but I'm I'm not like 9.5 loving it. Oh, you're a 10. Got it. <laughs> no, I I'm actually an eight. Oh, 42069. I didn't know you hated it that much, Tony. No, I don't think I hate No, I'm like looking at some of my other the other like things and like I feel like I like Big Hero 6 more, uh Captain America Civil War a little bit more, Age of Ultron more. I I just it's a good film, but I it's not it's not like my favorite favorite, you know. Um I all right, I completely acknowledge that my enjoyment of the film I'm willing to believe is higher than others because it resonates with me on a particular level that is I acknowledge isn't necessarily going to be the same for everyone else because not everyone else has a goatee. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, you have the goatee, your goatee brothers with Benedict Cumberbatch. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We could be best friends and hang out together and, you know, shave each other's chest here and and finally oh, the goatee uh, version is the good is the good version you know yeah exactly. nice. you love to see that in a movie yeah, I, I love to see <laughs> where the shaved one is the bad guy right well that's right well like i said i'm giving this uh an eight i think that it's a very good film i i enjoy it from beginning to end i don't really have a good reason of why why i'm not rating it higher than eight other than I'm just taking the the overall satisfaction of the film compared to other uh, films in the March. I, I remember watching this uh, film the, for the first time and really enjoying it. And then it really kind of put me on a track of watching the rest of the MCU. And I remember texting Adam when I first watched this and was like, I love Doctor Strange. And he was like, yeah, it's really great. I don't know if you remember that, Adam, but like I um, very vaguely. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I just remember like texting Adam, being like, "Adam's the only friend of mine that's gonna understand what I'm feeling right now." But um, yeah, I'm gonna give this an eight after watching it tonight. I, I think it's, um, I think it's a really good film. So I really like this movie too. I think it's well paced. I thought the action was great. It doesn't really drag anywhere like a lot of the other films we've been watching sometimes do. I think the casting, for the most part, besides the sort of issues we talked about was fantastic you know it's not a perfect movie most of my complaint was just not using actors that i liked as much like rachel mcadams like i just wanted them to use her more for a more important role but i don't I still have a lot negative to say about it but where do i put this it's it's at least a nine and but i feel like it's better than a lot of the other things that i've given nines to i almost don't quite want to give it a 9.5 but i think i'm gonna have to because, yeah, I like it better than The Avengers. I like it better than Iron Man. So I guess that's that's just where we are with it. Would and that's proven Charlie? that I'm never going to rewrite. So I guess that's what it'll be. I gave it a, it a 9.5. Holy <laughs> So if you weren't backed into a corner, what was your gut? It's going to tell you. Nine. I think just like you. I think nine was okay. my gut. Except that where I put nines in the rest of the marts, I'm like, ah, oh, but I... I do like it better than Avengers, which was a good movie. But all right, Tony, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I yeah, was you were. Off. You were way off. <laughs> I it, I wouldn't I, have thought like 
if I had to tell you based on what I had seen so far, which you remember the bizarre stories about that, I, I would have been <laughs> like, ah, oh, I bet I'm going to rate this like an eight. So it's everything in between just like fit perfectly to make it a good movie. Do you feel like you should have given it a higher grade because you fell asleep on it before? Yeah, I have to make it up to Yeah, uh, like you feel, Disney. you feel like, yeah. <laughs> or maybe you're just like happy that you didn't experience awful nightmares this time. <laughs> That's right. I've sure. finally been able to put all that to rest. I got my first good night of sleep in four years last night. I guess what we're trying to say is, don't you want to just give it like a 7 or a 7.5? I I texted Tony, and that was my guess on your score, was 7, maybe (laughs) 7.5. So you've greatly exceeded my expectations. I applaud you for being on the correct side of history. Yep, exactly. Oh, that's funny. This is entertaining. I feel like I could watch it again right now. Uh, I think I'm going to have to give this one seven and a half out of ten. The the half is the glowing urn because uh, he doesn't know what to do with it. I don't know. The, like it, it's it's just very aggressively fine to me. Like the the special effects are like okay, well this is this is trippy, but there's nothing other than you know I enjoyed the uh, the Ditko esque stuff. When he first gets a camertage, you know, the, the weird psychedelic scene there, and then when he goes to the dark dimension, that stuff's cool. The other, the kaleidoscopic is like, okay, this is just, this is fine. Okay. It doesn't speak to me. It doesn't, it's, it's just fine. <laughs> Plot-wise, it very much feels straightforward. Like, there's there's nothing here that I, you know, haven't seen before. You know, not really any major missteps. It's just overall an aggressively okay movie. You you won't regret watching it, but it's not a must-see. That's a 7.5 for you? Yeah, it's, you know, roughly on par with X-Men Origins Wolverine or Thor The Dark World. Mm, okay, that just seems like a high number for the words you're using that's all for aggressively fine well like i said there's not really any there's not really any missteps or such it's just it it falls short of greatness okay i really liked dr strange um i liked the first time and i would say i liked it just as much the second time i especially enjoyed well i enjoyed that it wasn't crazy long a lot of action movies in general always make it feel like okay, some sort of essential conflict has already been resolved, but now we just need to have one more 30-minute battle in some distant location. And I like this kind of didn't feel that way. It just kept a good pace through the whole movie. I did really like the kind of the creative, you know, reverse time stuff and the creative ending. I don't know, there's kind of a subverting of expectations theme to the movie almost. So I think I'm going to give this a, a nine uh relics out of 10 not quite on the level of my uh 9.5ers but i i liked it as much as like the first two captain america movies well not the not the true first captain america but you know the first two mcu captain america movies good movie all right well i'm glad that so many people liked it on or close to the level that i did that's exciting and honestly i not unexpected I really did think I was going to be kind of alone and everyone else was going to be kind of around the eights. So cool. Yay. So that wraps it up for 
Merry Marvel Movie March Madness 2021. Thanks for joining us. Uh, our next stop on the March it will be our 56th installment, and that is the movie that I assume that Charlie has been waiting for, the March 2017 film Logan. Finally get that Logan Paul film. So uh, <laughs> I can finally put my Logan Paul poster back up. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can't wait for the sequel to Jake to come out. <laughs> I I hear he goes to Japan in the sequel. Oh, oh, oh come on. Come on, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I haven't finished all the videos yet. <laughs> anyway, I'm uh thanks for joining us uh here on the Mary Marvel Movie March. I'm Dr. Gobeski. And I'm Master Wallace. We had three very strange bachelors with us today. We had Paul Wilcox. It was it was great to be here. Thank you. Tony F. I'm at least a master in training. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm a, I'm an associate. Is that better than a bachelor or worse? An associate? Um, it's just a different credential, you know. <laughs> oh, it's it's all it's all about rankings. <laughs> well, I'm I'm uh yes, it is it takes less time. <laughs> so I I demoted myself by getting it. And uh Gobeski. Pleasure to be here. I screamed what was that the my name thing that up. we were supposed to talk about at the end. Don't text and drive. No, Distracted yep, don't, driving. Don't text and drive, please. Why did they feel the need to put that in when like he crashes? <laughs> Well, to be fair, he was being like real cool before that. Yeah. <laughs> I was you like, know, if you look like down him. for a second, you might not realize the connection. <laughs> you know, be like it, him when I grow up. I mean, you you think that it's bad, but look how it turned out. Everything turned out for the best. Oh, you're right, Doug. You if will he not hadn't get magical been powers. texting while driving, we would all have gotten shunted off to the dark dimension. Shunted off. <laughs> <laughs> Presupposes we're not there now. Thanks everyone for listening to our show. Make sure to check out our website, GobeskiWallsReport.com. And don't forget you can follow us on Twitter. Just follow us at GW Report. And we're on the Facebook as well, just like our page, the Gobeski Walls Report. I kind of forgot what was happening. <laughs> It's always so hard with the Twitter with, like, the at. Like, you don't have to say at, do you? I don't know. That's a question for the listeners to decide. Wait, 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 wait. I thought we were supposed to watch Dr. Strangelove. Just thought the title was abbreviated. Yeah. I mean, we're watching good movies here, right? So we're watching a Kubrick classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because when I abbreviate things, I just drop one syllable. <laughs> well, I mean, you drop the whole part about loving the bomb. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Cooper, you make, you just, you make a I figured strong you just weren't going to worry about it. See, I, 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 for some reason, I'm a coupon guy, not a coupon guy, but I'm a Kubrick guy, not a Kubrick guy. The internet says it's Kubrick. Really? Yes. Stanley I always Kubrick. said Kubrick. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the one by Cube Rick. <laughs> oh, Rick cubed. <laughs> like all three of his names are Rick. You know, he's Rick, 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 Rick,
Do you think he says it Rick 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 or Rick Rick Rick? So when I type in Rick 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 into Wikipedia, the top result is Rick Rolling. I was gonna say I would assume Rick Rolling would be the number one. Well, I mean, technically, the number one is the page does not exist. <laughs> we don't know what the hell you're talking about, but this and is then what... it gives you a bunch of alternatives, and the top one is Rick Rowling. Yeah, it's like this is what people who put in Rick are looking for. <laughs> now, did you do it with with a with a K, or did you do just the C version? Oh yeah, is that uh, this is the this is the K version? I was gonna say, like, just like my favorite wrestler, Ric Flair, just just a C. Yeah, I uh, feel like just the C. That really. is the top result for just the C is Ric Flair. Boom! I'm glad that I had that before you said it. It's gonna be a good podcast. <laughs> I already talked about my two favorite things: Rick Rolling and Rick Flyer. Oddly enough, both in this movie. Yeah, that was a cool part. So I typed in Rick with a K, and then Rick without a K, and then Rick with a K. And it asked me, do you mean, did you mean Ricky Rick Rico? (laughs) So when I clicked on that, Ricky Rick Rico, it said, the page does not exist. (laughs) (laughs) Owned. That's something Adam would do. Oh, did you mean this? Uh, Oh, yeah. No, yeah, that doesn't exist either. Like, (laughs) what did we just accomplish? (laughs) You just wasted my time. Yeah, you weren't using it. (laughs) Which we know because you were looking for Ricky Rick Rico. Yeah, Yeah, I guess that is true. It's like, you wasted my time. You were wasting your time well before we started wasting yours. (laughs) 